Welcome to the e-commerce made simple podcast. I'm Jerome Didmi, your host. And today we're going to have a, another technology uh, talk with Adam Hutchinson from Packview. So Packview is uh, one of those very well-known companies which have uh, which are helping brands to automate and handle their advertising on AMS, but not only. They they can do now Walmart, they can do bold.com in Europe and, and many other places. And Technology for us is one of the legs of success in e-commerce in general. So we always, we often talk about PIM and content management softwares. The other part of the technology is advertising. And today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, strategies for, for advertising or, at, you know, successful advertising on Amazon, but also why you need a tool and why, uh, like, there's a lot. Packview is the one we we partner with and we believe is one of the very good ones in the market. And it's very important, like, um, Amazon itself uh, recognizes that um, brands or agencies with tools are more efficient or give a better return on investment on their advertising with a tool than without a tool. Well, that was easy enough, wasn't it? Again, you've stolen my thunder. I want to come in and make a comment and you just explain everything in the intro. I am superfluous to your needs, Jerome. Should we just crack on with you and Adam? Exactly. So enjoy the show, everyone. So welcome everyone to this webinar about uh, advertising and automation. With, I'm super happy to, to have Adam today, not only because we use uh, PackView and I'll be transparent about that and uh, we're super happy with it, but also because Adam will bring and will answer a lot of questions I have about and that you, I hope, will have also about uh, advertising in general and automation. But if you know uh, this webinar, you know we always start with a fun fact about the guests. So, Adam, what's your short fun fact of the day? <laughs> so, it's, it's, this is a nerdy one, uh, but it's, it fits the topic. Um, even though I've spent most of my career in digital advertising, um, I am a total nerd and very excited about traditional TV commercials. I think there's so much fun. I watch TV just for the commercials. And my favorite commercial ever um, it's from 2005. It's one for Stella Artois, and it's called Ice Skating Priests. So you go to YouTube, Stella Artois, Ice Skating Priests. Very funny commercial, just a bunch of priests ice skating. They drop their beer through the water, and they're more concerned about the beer than the other priests that fell in the water, so they go save the beer. Um, to me, that's like the pinnacle of advertising right there. Well done. So that was short and it made me thirsty because you talked about beer, but that's okay. Well, uh, for us, it's evening. So in a couple of, of minutes, I'll, I should be able to go into that. Now, tell us a bit more about yourself and about PackView, Adam. Yeah, definitely. And, and thanks for hosting today. I know e-commerce is a great, great partner of PackView. Uh, for those who, who aren't familiar with PackView, we are an enterprise platform for automating advertising, sales, and intelligence across e-commerce marketplaces. So we plug into every global Amazon marketplace, um, as well as other retailers like Walmart, eBay, uh, and uh, ad tech uh, networks like Critio and Citrus Ad. And we basically help marketers manage, optimize, and automate their advertising campaigns across these different marketplaces. Uh, but the way that we do it is we really bring in all that contextual retail analytics. So it's not just advertising existing in a silo. It's what's happening on the digital shelf, what's happening with inventory, sales, promotions, and making smarter decisions based off of all of that and automating on top of that. 
So I, I come from Amazon background, like, like most people in this, in this industry. Um, I was in the consumer electronics group at Amazon back in the day running seasonal marketing campaigns. So this time of year is just kind of a flashback for me. Um, but after Amazon, I really have spent most of my career in advertising technology. So I was doing social media automation. I was doing um, search engine marketing. I was doing call marketplace automation on top of Google search. So a lot of different areas of digital marketing. But I really landed at PackView because when you think about traditional digital advertising and e-commerce, bringing those together, it's this whole host of new challenges that brands have to face. But there's also a lot of opportunities on top of that. So that, that's what really gets me kind of excited. Um, and I think there's a, a lot that we're going to kind of dive into today in the webinar. Indeed, well done for stopping yourself because we can feel there's a love of, of the topic is, <laughs> is, is urging you to, to talk about. But that that's awesome. That, that first, I think we, maybe we can dive into the topic about you know, why would a brand need automation? And I, I was talking to a major brand like last week, exactly. And I won't say who it is. And they were saying, no, actually, nobody's using a tool to automate our advertising. And I was like, um, very surprised because it's a bit of a must, right, to like to use a tool. It really is. I mean, I think especially where we're at right now, um, the thing I hear over and over again is people just don't have time. They don't have time. They don't have time. These teams can't hire fast enough for the growth that we're seeing in e-commerce. Um, and we're just trying to manage, you know, hundreds of products across hundreds of campaigns across all these different marketplaces. And, and a lot, even some of the largest brands in the world will have one person dedicated to Amazon advertising, trying to manage all of this complexity. And so that's really where, where automation comes in. And I think, you know, what I like to say is automation exists so humans can do the smart things, right? And so you know, automation is really good at repetition. And so if we think about these kind of daily tasks in automation, if you're having a human spend their time going through keyword reports to figure out what are the best keywords to add to my campaigns, if you have a human going in saying, oh, this campaign is working well, let me increase the budget, the bids by 10% or the budget on this campaign by 10%. Um, those are tasks that you already know you're doing on a regular basis that you can just automate. Now that frees up the time for a human to look at strategy and context and creativity. Where automation doesn't work very well is all of those external um, factors, right? So an automation software doesn't know what your business goals are, right? You can input some of those, but it doesn't know the bigger context. An automation platform doesn't know all of the seasonality. You can tell it if something is prime day or not prime day, but it doesn't know all of the, the details of that. It doesn't know if you're launching a brand new product versus an existing product. So all of these types of external factors are where we need humans to come in and make smart decisions. And so really we're at this kind of crux of automation of how much time do you need to free up to let humans make those, those smarter inputs? And I think that, so in, if I put it in my own words, it's like, there's so many, so you can save time if the, the big why would be to save time, but also it's all of increases performance, right? It's like some things can be done with a tool, which you cannot do on the platform itself, like selecting times, right. for example, there, there are more uh, options thanks to the tool and the API uh, connection than uh, on the uh, Amazon advertising platform, correct? That's right. I mean, you know, day partying, I think what you're alluding to is, is a really great example of this, right? Saying I, I only want my campaigns to run, you know, 
8 a.m. until the evening, um, or even more granular than that, saying in the early afternoon, I want to increase my bids by 20% because I know that's when people are most likely to actually convert. Uh, that's obviously something that a human, it would be almost impossible to come in and try to do manually, but also that's not even something you can do in the Amazon ad console itself. You need a third-party um, solution to actually go do that. And so there, there's that aspect of once we have our strategy in place, how do we find those incremental gains that, again, are not necessarily complicated, but you can't have someone just go in and do manually. You really need to put a, a repetitive process in place and let a tool do this for you to run. And so you get to do things that you couldn't do previously, right? And I think this kind of comes back also to that whole idea of working smarter too. Um, that, that idea of, oh, I'm going to increase bids in the afternoon because I know people are more likely to convert. How do you know that? Well, you only know that if one, you're getting the data to tell you that. And then two, you actually are looking at that data and making an informed decision based off of it. And, and right now, I think you know, that's the biggest opportunity is people just aren't looking at all of the analytics that are available to them to make these kind of smarter decisions and then put them into practice. And I was wondering, I didn't, so I didn't ask you about that before. So maybe you don't have that ready, but do you have a kind of data which could explain like, in the first hundred days or whatever, I, we see the the performance of brands improving by X percent using specifically PackView, but I think that probably is true from a lot of tools uh, in the market. Like what, what the, the use of technology? How can we could we give put a figure on it, uh, a number? Uh, we, we yeah, we absolutely can. Uh, the number that we quote at PackView is in the first thirty days of using PackView, we typically see ROAS improve by forty percent. Um, which, is, which is a huge number, right? Now that's people from going from no automation to having an automation platform, right? You might see some similar stats from different technology providers because what you're seeing is, is essentially someone going from managing everything manually to all of a sudden being able to take advantage of all those incremental gains that we're talking about here. So about somewhere around that 40% ROAS improvement. Now, obviously, PacU, I think, does it the best, so that's probably the higher number. But um, the, the other way to look at it is... Um, is again going back to time savings, right? I, I, you know, one of my favorite kind of examples is um, is a brand that, again, they were just doing everything manually and just reporting alone, just reporting alone, saved them five hours a week of a human's time because they were automating, being able to pull those data, schedule the reports, and export it and look at it in it, right in the dashboard. So those those types of things are, are what we typically see. We, we we quote about twenty hours a week on average saved. Um, just by switching to an automation platform with PackView. That's so that's amazing. Like forty percent increases, uh, like in, on what you're spending, and probably what you were saying is a one fifth of the time of of a person. Right. Uh, it's like uh, weekly is is also amazing. So it's a double win. And I can I can uh, give an uh, share an experience I met with um, uh, the guy in charge of uh, agencies from Amazon advertising in Europe, and he told me like we we only work with agencies which have tools like API connections and and automation and they don't they obviously they don't give like a, an indication of which tool but they say okay if they know that from experience if you don't have a tool there's no chance that uh, you'll be successful so 
if any of you are working with an agency or, or anybody and they're not using a tool, you need to challenge that. And um, there are a lot of people who know that and a lot of great tools. Uh, Pavview is one of them, but it's like, if you don't use it, you'll probably not be uh, very successful. Now I have um, another question for you, Adam, is that in the space, so you've got the people who are doing all manually, then you've got uh, tools, um, the, a few tools like Pavview doing a great job, which is, I would say semi-automated and there's mm -hmm. partially and still some human decisions and you explain why. And you have tools which are fully automated, uh, which uh, we've we've seen around and they're sort of uh, huge uh, use AI or uh, like artificial intelligence where or machine learning where uh, you give a target, an ACOS target or return on ad spend target. And then the, the system will bid until it will reach, uh, or you give an uh, return on ad spend or ACOS target and a budget. And and the system will bid until it will find the right thing. What's your view on on the spectrum and specifically between the, the type of semi-automated to the fully automated? What's your take on that? So I have a lot of opinions here, um, but I think the, the one thing I'll just start with is, you know, be wary of things that sound too good to be true. Um, and, and this isn't a knock on any specific vendors. I think across the board, you know, in marketing technology, Anyone who's promising a fully automated solution against a specific target, we just have seen historically that it doesn't always add up. Now, that doesn't mean it's not still a good solution because it might take everything off of your plate. You might still see some incremental gains, but you know, just optimizing for ROAS in a fully AI solution historically has not, not worked super well. But it's really a, a scale, right? And so what I like to think about it is you're, is you're constantly trading off um, time savings or efficiency for control, right? And so for every business, they're gonna land somewhere along the spectrum of, of those two kind of tensions. Um, and when we talk about control, we're really talking about what targets am I trying to hit? Um, hey, you know, not everyone is optimizing for ROAS, nor should they be, right? There, there's a whole host of goals. Sometimes you're trying to just increase sales as quickly as possible. Sometimes you have a specific product that you wanna get in that bestseller spot on Amazon. I guarantee you, if you're optimizing for ROAS, you're not going to hit the bestseller spot on the Amazon, right? Um, sometimes it's increasing market share, right? Sometimes you're just trying to drive down costs however you can. And for a lot of businesses, it's different, right? You have multiple campaigns hitting these different goals. And so you really need to kind of look at your, your own objectives and ask yourself, is a fully automated solution that's looking at one singular target, is that going to help me hit this goal? Or do I need something that gives me a little bit more flexibility where I can set specific granular objectives or targets for a campaign to say, all right, I'm going to increase bids, but only if it's in this range of sales or only if I'm meeting this many impressions, or I only want keywords that are high traffic or vice versa. I only want keywords that are the long tail. So I'm not competing direct, you know, head to head with, with really expensive ad placements. Um, so those types of considerations really come into play. I think, you know, at, at PackView, I think where, where a lot of people see success is that we built what we call five different levels of automation. So it starts kind of down to the basis of keyword research. Um, we have campaign recommendations, you know, rule-based automations where you can set some of that logic yourself and then fully AI for those campaigns where you really are just trying to hit a ROAS goal. But I think, you know, if we kind of come back to first principles with any automation technology, whether whether it's, it's advertising or email marketing or anything else, um, it's really a question of what control you need and then how much granularity do you need? So is all of this happening at the campaign level and you just want everything across your portfolio to be 
hitting the same goal, moving in the same direction? Is that happening at the ad group level? Is that happening down at the product level? Certain products, you need to sell as much as possible. Other product, you need to move inventory. Other products, you know, you, you need to be as efficient as possible because you have low margins on them. Um, or is it different, right? And, and that's where I think this gets really interesting is, you know, for some uh, uh, brands, they need to kind of slice and dice across their portfolio and say, you know, in our home cleaning product line, uh, we have some bestsellers and then some new products. And then also in our, you know, um, industrial cleaning line, same kind of breakdown. So we need to be able to look at it across those different factors and set different campaigns given on seasonality or whatever it might be. And so, uh, you know, I think it's it's just a question of how complex is your business? What are your objectives that you're trying to hit? And then backtrack into a solution that gives you kind of that that balance between control and automation. And like, uh, if I can give our experience on that is we've seen that when you're going fully automated, it typically works when you're very good, where right? you've got a very good brand awareness. And if your teams have got a lower uh, knowledge, then that's probably a good, uh, a good decision because then they will like the learning curve is, is can be very high. And if your brand awareness, so therefore the conversion rate is quite high that typically works well in the other cases it's a bit difficult and you're and we believe at least that having some manual intervention and some strategic eye makes a, a very big difference uh, so for us it's clear that having experienced different uh, different solutions the, the sort of the one which allies technology and and brains or human brains as the ones which which works works best now if if we look at the other part is like um you, you can easily if people are, are used to work on the amazon uh platform advertising platforms you know they have their habits and i i speak about the people working in our teams for example which are really great people who know about advertising and sometimes they have a hard time moving from something they know very well into okay this tool they have to relearn and i think this this issue will happen to a lot of um you know pack view or or technology customers where they say okay how do you onboard uh, your teams or how do you have some tips or what's your view on that saying okay it's a great tool but sometimes like the user who's a, like he knows his stuff on um, on that platform needs to basically to learn a new one right because it's a new right. uh, backend basically yeah 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 well <clears throat> i think you know as, as marketers we we tend to love kind of the shiny objects and so we purchase a new tool and we want to go play with all the bells and whistles right away um, and I'm, I'm guilty of that. that. That's what I do. Um, I, we have to you know, reject that impulse and know that like we're, we're purchasing a tool to go achieve a strategy. We don't have to go do everything right away. And so I think the best way to, when you're looking at a new solution, whether you're going from the you know, Amazon advertising console into a third party or switching between tools, um, start with the basics, right? Start with your, your core campaigns start with what you're already doing and go replicate that into the new solution and then build on top of that, right? See what you can unlock from there. And so where a lot of like, just for example, where a lot of clients start with, with PackView when they start advertising through our platform is they set up the same campaign structure that they might already be using in the Amazon advertising platform. And then on top of that, they set up a few key rule sets, right? And so it's the simple ones that you would think about of, let me increase bids or decrease bids depending on you know, campaign performance, increase budgets, decrease budgets, depending on, um, you know, efficiencies, 
and then let me add keywords or pause keywords depending on if it's if it's hitting my target or not and they just set up set up those let that run and then lean into the tool depending on where that those capabilities are and so for pack you might be looking at those campaign recommendations or diving deeper into the analytics and saying oh wow i have a real opportunity here to you know target a uh, specific long tail kind of niche keywords in my category because uh, my competitors aren't bidding there based off of the share of voice analysis. So great, let me go automate now a campaign on top of that that's going to go target the long tail for this specific segment and start to build out some more of that sophistication. Uh, but I, th I think it really kind of comes back to let's start at those foundational principles of what you're trying to accomplish and then and then go from there. I am curious though, Jerome, I mean, what do you typically advise people when they're starting with new solutions and where to, where to start? Um, like, it's a great question. And for me, the, the fact that you you can win efficiency of 40% and you can unlock features which you don't have on the platform is sufficient normally to uh, to, to get going. Now, the rest is a, a, a question of, of being afraid and of, of the new solution of a new tool and not knowing. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's taking the time because you will slow down your performance for a short amount of time and then you will increase it. So it's training, probably spending time and trying to reassuring, reassure. But like as a personal experience with a team using the tool is that it's with, with any tool. Uh, we're using Salesforce, for example, also, which is a total different type of tool or, or Salesify for content syndication. It's like, it's always new, something new and people have no time. They have their campaigns and they have things to do. So it's about, okay, how do you give them time to do that and probably ease the pressure and say, okay, and try to educate them or in a sense of bringing them say, okay, you, actually you will benefit in the end. But it's like, teamwork you know it's like explaining to someone a job to for them to help you at the beginning you you lose time but in the end you you win time so you save time so it's a bit of that principle i think yeah and i think especially if you could if you could find some of those early wins right like what's you know again if we think about something as simple as I'm going to go increase bids on high performing keywords or day parting is a really easy one where people see a lot of quick performance when they're using a third party tool. All of a sudden, that's where you start to see that 40% improvement in ROAS overnight. That's, that's what gets people excited. Okay, now how do I go double that or how do I go increase from there? So, I mean, it really is about let's prove this out and see some of those early wins, I think, in a lot of, a lot of cases. Early wins is is often how you get people hooked to that. I think that's a that's a great insight. So um, thanks for 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 those things. I, I'd like to move before. So we'll we'll move. We have a question already, but we'll move into question in a couple of minutes. I just wanted to talk about the new uh, advertising uh, like. Um, the new advertising offers from from Amazon, like mm -hmm. uh, video sponsored video, for example, and and the others, are all of them already on PackView? Um, can you talk about you know the new stuff which has come out of, of Amazon, and if you know of any others which may come afterwards? Yeah, yeah. So at every advertising um, solution that's in the API on Amazon is on PackView. Uh, which at this point is is most of it. Um, so sponsored brand videos, Amazon DSP, sponsored display, as well as all of those really cool new audience targeting that's in sponsored display, all of that's available in, in PackView as well. Um, we're really seeing a lot of brands, a lot of marketers leaning into these new ad types and seeing a lot of success with it. Um, I think part of it is we, we all know that sponsored products is just getting so competitive, so expensive right now. 
Um, and it, it's all commoditized at this point, right? Anyone can come in and just bid up, right? And so I, I think part of this is just diversification. Um, but a lot of part, a lot of this is really going upper funnel. And we're seeing, you know, from a consumer standpoint, um, a lot of consumers are using Amazon the same way that they were using Google a few years ago. Um, they're starting their research a lot sooner on Amazon. Um, we're seeing a lot more repeat visits without the conversions early, but the conversions come later in the, in, in the process. And so for a lot of brands, if they're not doing that brand awareness, if they're not capturing that traffic early on, they're really messing out on some of those, those customers. And so leaning into sponsored brand, sponsored brand video has actually been probably the single highest uh, performing placement for a lot of brands right now. So leaning into those um, to build up the brand awareness and then looking at opportunities of remarketing with sponsor display and Amazon DSP to bring some of that, that captured traffic back into the fold to ultimately convert. Um, and seeing a lot of a lot of success with that right now. Okay. And one of the things I was interested to hear about, like we, we have a, also a DSP account and like uh, you have search advertising and then you have DSP and you have a bridge between them, which is sponsored display, which is a bit of a hybrid thing, but it's still into search. Like on the DSP platform, what does PackView do uh, for DSP? Is it, are you automating or some of, because uh, DSP is, is working differently than, than search, right? Search is based on keywords. Uh, DSP we could say are based on audience. Uh, which which you target is 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 this the the product offering any options for DSP today? You you can fully manage and automate your your Amazon DSP campaigns in PackView, um, and we bring in all of those audiences, whether it's the pre-built Amazon audiences um, or your external audiences that you're putting into the DSP platform. All of that can be brought into PackView, and then automate your campaigns on top of that. Um, I think what's really cool, like the where where PackView comes into play is really really twofold. Um, one is you can actually see your search performance and your DSP performance side by side and aggregate it together. So you can actually start to see, oh, when I'm running a DSP campaign here across this this product line, I'm all all of a sudden seeing higher conversion rates on search, and that's something pretty consistent that we see because now you're targeting the full funnel. Um, the other thing you can do is start to take advantage of some of that um, incremental automation that we were talking about earlier, like day party. Um, PackView, as of today, is the only solution that uh, offers bid boost day parting. So that time of day increases on bids for and Amazon that, DSP. And that which doesn't, is, which is isn't, huge. yeah, and that isn't offered on the DSP platform. Right. It's not offered natively okay. through Amazon, no. So, um, and, and that makes a huge difference if you know that there's certain times of day when, when customers are more likely to shop on Amazon. Once you're serving those ads off Amazon, obviously it's much more efficient to make sure that those are showing up at the right times of day. And so just simple things like that are where, um, you know, you can really start to take advantage of some of this, this automation um, um, features. And Amazon DSP, I mean, we're really just scratching the surface of it as an industry, right? There's so much more you can do there. Uh, both in terms of, of audience building, in terms of, of cross-site targeting, um, but even just remarketing within Amazon's own properties um, is, is really exciting. And on, on use things where they're doing sort of beta testing on attribution, stuff like that, is that something which is on the roadmap to uh, include that somehow? Because it's interesting because you, you have those, uh, basically attribution is when you're, you're getting uh, traffic from Facebook or Instagram or wherever and directly to Amazon and the attribution tool is meant, it's not working perfectly today, but it's meant to give you uh, the data of where, you know, how much sales you generated from those external 
campaigns. Is that something which at some point Pagu may be integrating? It's it's something we're already working on right now. I can tell you that. Um, so it's certainly on the roadmap soon. Um, I think you know what's what's exciting for brands is really just visibility at this point. Is okay, even if I'm not managing these external campaigns via Pagview, all of a sudden I can see how are these other channels impacting my performance on Amazon and affecting my my campaigns that are being run through Pagview. And so looking at that kind of full picture uh, conversion data. So Amazon attribution is a really exciting one. Um, Amazon, um, a lot of you may have heard, um, recently released the new brand analytics, brand metrics API. Um, so a new set of, of basically looking at total sales um, um, outside of just added attributed sales. And so we're bringing all of that into PackView as well and allowing you to look at, well, you know, what's my total ROAS, what's my total sales numbers, as well as things like inventory, uh, weeks of cover, eligibility status, buy box, all of those different factors that you can now start to make smarter decisions on um, in your ad campaigns. And then the other one that I'm actually really excited about is Amazon Marketing Cloud. Um, so yeah. uh, that's obviously where you can do a lot more kind of sophisticated data modeling on top of it, but really start to look at that full kind of purchase cycle. So you can start to do modeling around of the people, of the customers on Amazon that saw one of my DSP ads what was the lift in conversion for search, right? And we're seeing that to be a pretty high high lift right now. Um, you can also look at things like um, what products are most bought after someone sees my ad, even if it's not one of my products, right? So what does that kind of path to purchase look like? And you can start to make smarter uh, decisions across that full funnel with your display campaigns, sponsor products, sponsor brands together. Um, so Amazon Marketing Cloud, we actually already have that integration live. Um, so we're bringing all of that data in. And right now it, it's, I mean, again, just scratching the surface, we have some pre-built reports to help people kind of understand some of those common metrics around performance impacts. Um, but ultimately like the vision here across these different analytics solutions that Amazon's rolling out is being able to answer any kind of business question that you have about your, your strategy on Amazon, right? So I can feel the the excitement in your voice, like a like nuggets, nuggets, like all the all those um, uh, information you, you'll get access to. But it's true that it's amazing. Like the day Amazon gets its things in order and like all the data, it will be quite impressive because they do have loads of data. They right. they're a bit disorganized because they they're focusing a lot on in consumers and and like uh, on the technology for in consumers and like probably advertising was still second but they're 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 really growing and that that's amazing now a last question before we go into questions like amazon is also moving like into a bit social um like social media is going into into shopping with google shopping facebook shopping and so on but amazon on the on the, on the other hand is starting to do amazon lives uh you know um brand posts you can follow brands and like they have this sort of uh facebook kind of uh or instagram maybe kind of approach um is that something uh you you will also integrate in a way or not really uh i mean yeah, I can tell you right now, we're, we're looking into it. We're talking to Amazon about it. We're exploring it. We're doing research on top of it. Um, I, I think that the world's still a little early here. Um, I think we all know that we're, we're heading into a world where social commerce is extremely important. Now, whether that exists off-site of Amazon or on-site of Amazon, it's going to be some combination. Um, you know, I can say uh, we're going to be integrating with TikTok in 2022. 
Um, TikTok's rolling out a whole you know, social commerce solution. So I, I think it's, it remains to be seen where a brand's going to invest their ad dollars is, is question number one. And that's going to really be a factor of where consumers willing to spend time and actually con- complete purchases. Uh, what I'm really interested in right now is shoppable video, right? And Amazon has been experimenting a lot there, um, a lot of good experiments, some kind of weird experiments. Uh, but even right now, if you're, um, you know, Amazon Live, we, we saw this across the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they, they rolled out some new experiences where you're watching a live video and you see the products that are currently being displayed. And you also see the upcoming products in that live stream right there for you kind of to complete the purchase in one click. Um, still too soon to say whether that's working or not, but there's some of those opportunities and even just things around being able to um, advertise on top of Twitch streams on Amazon right now. Um, People are experimenting with it too soon to know whether it's working or not. So absolutely, wherever brands are choosing to spend their money and wherever consumers are choosing to actually shop, we'll be integrating that into PackView. I think right now, Amazon's trying to figure out how to get a hold of this whole social commerce um, shift, as well as Facebook and and Google are trying to figure that out as well. Um, It'll be a few key players that really end up winning in the end. Um, But right now, it's, it's pure experimentation mode. Yeah. And how do you see, like, do you feel that's, uh, because for me, like the uh, Amazon live videos, there was a lot of, uh, excuse my French garbage a bit, like a lot of videos, which were done, which were not done by brands, like people really with their phone and not, you know, not being careful about the lighting, not, not professional. What's what I mean. And like, quality which as a user i'm not sure i would be interested to have mr nobody give his point of view on products right uh, and not a lot of brands had really invested in that area are you seeing there a shift and and more brands get, getting into it or what's your feeling about how things are going today was it really too early um, I think that the ones that are smart are investing in it right now. Um, and I, I don't mean that to knock anyone who's not, but I think if you, if you don't have a plan to at least start testing this in a real way in 2022, you're, you're going to fall behind. Um, I mean, some brands that are really leaning into this well, like Elf Cosmetics, for example, um, they've been doing it off Amazon. They, they've been leaning into TikTok. They've been leaning into other live streaming, but also on Amazon, they've been doing a lot of interesting campaigns there um, where they're actually you know, working with external agencies, working with influencers professionally, hiring actual videographers to come in, um, record these in professional ways, and also have fun with it, right? Respond to what consumers want, um, what's currently trending, or how do you create trending campaigns uh, and bring that into their their platforms. Um, I think, you know, regardless, at the end of the day, um, you know, when someone's landing on amazon.com, they want as seamless of an experience as possible. Um, Right now, the social side, the live streaming side, it's a little bit forced on Amazon because we're figuring out how it works, right? And so I think the the brands that can make it feel authentic, make it feel part of the shopping experience, but also making true to their brand. So it's not just some, you know, external influencer trying to, to peddle something, but it's it's really, hey, this influencer partnering with this brand to create a great experience for the customer. That's where we're going to see this work really well. Okay, that and I can share that we we on the brands we we work with the larger ones haven't reacted yet the smaller ones we have two baby brands which have started we've pushed them to go into Amazon Live to be like an early adopter and they've seen like really uh, great result in terms of uh, conversion and, and then traffic because obviously Amazon is pushing that a lot so the ones who it's available in the states mostly I don't know in in Europe if it's still I think maybe in the UK but it's like the ones who can 
do it that has an impact very big because when it's a new tool amazon is really pushing it so uh, we we we've been very talkative because we we love what we do but let, let's open up to questions and i have a first question from Chahan about PackView itself, does PackView have a feature to discover new keywords without using the Amazon automatic campaigns? If it does, what would be the methodology? I won't say it. Like scraping competitors, detailed page text content, or reviews, etc. So, what, what, how do you have a special feature about finding new keywords? We we, we absolutely do. Um, so we have a whole keyword research tool uh, built into PackView. Um, some of it's based off of data that's coming from Amazon directly. Um, a lot of it's based on the fact that PackView has the largest, the single largest database of third-party um, ad dollars that are running through Amazon. So we have a whole breadth of visibility in terms of not only what are other competitors bidding on, but more importantly, what are consumers responding to across different categories? What keywords are actually working across categories? So we have all of this analytics already built into our platform. And so we're able to make recommendations and based, basically based off of heat mapping that, right? So if you're currently seeing success on a given keyword, um, what are those other related keywords that consumers generally are responding to? Um, what's really exciting for PacU right now, um, whether or not you've seen the news, uh, PacU recently joined Assembly. So we're part of a, a bigger family of, of e-commerce brands now. Uh, we're very excited about that. One of the other brands in the, the Assembly portfolio is Helium 10. Um, at Helium 10, um, I'm hopefully most of you already know that name. They, they have really great, they're really well known for their analytic solutions, their tools for Amazon, um, and they have a really extensive keyword database as well. So we've actually integrated all of that Helium 10 um, keyword analytics into PackView. And so now our keyword research tool is really looking at the single largest breadth of keyword analytics across Amazon. And so it's all about those mappings in terms of if someone is likely to respond to this keyword, what is that other keyword um, that they're going to respond to? Will there be other integration between or any secrets you can tell us because we are only between us uh, about things which or integration between Helium 10 and, and PackView? So um, I, I can't tell the deep, dark secrets that are coming down the pipeline, but there are some very, very exciting things coming in 2022. Um, I will tease the fact that, um, you know, we're, we're looking at the bigger context at PackView. So, you know, we... People depend on us, people love PackU for advertising, but we're looking at how do we help you grow your, your business holistically on Amazon and other marketplaces. So we recently launched PackView Commerce, which lets people um, monitor the buy box, um, do audits on their detail pages and automate um, um, media as well as um, uh, retail operations based off of inventory, um, sales, profitability, et cetera. So that's great. We want to go even farther now and look at market share and category share and share of voice in a more holistic way. And so a lot of that's going to be looking at the full breadth of analytics across this assembly suite of brands and Helium 10 um, and, and working on our capabilities together. Yeah, okay, because Helium 10's got loads of features. Uh, includes like I get lost each time I go inside the Helium 10 because there's too many like Siri Bros stuff. And so yeah, that will be amazing. But let, let's get to the next question. Hi, Adam. Uh, Amazon has opened to new markets and some even started allowing ad, uh, allowing ad advertising. Sweden, for instance. Will PackView soon integrate those these countries too? Um, yes, almost all of them are already integrated. Um, so as soon as they're live in the API, it takes us about three days to integrate in the PackView. 
Um, so um, those are those are all already live um, in, in the European market. Um, so we, you know, it, it, the nice, the, the cool thing about Paku is just one little feature that I'll plug. I don't want to make this too salesy, but um, the way that we do it is um, we basically standardize uh, both currency as well as functionality across these marketplaces. So one, we, we can bring this on pretty quickly, but two, we have a global marketplace dashboard. So right now um, in Amazon itself or in other solutions, you need to go into each marketplace profile separately. Um, in Paku, you actually go into one place and you can see them side by side. So you can look at actually comparing, hey, this product line um, you know, has a higher ROAS in Italy than the UK. So prioritizing and, and rationalizing where you're even keeping your inventory as well as where you're running your marketing campaigns, um, you can start to make some of those decisions in Paku. Okay. Is there any Amazon country where you're not linked to in all the Amazon? Do you know one which is not because there's Egypt, there's uh, Saudi Arabia, there's Singapore. There, like, is there anyone which you're not connected to? Just, you know, we want to find one, you know, source. Yeah, just, just one thing One thing that we don't do. Um, yeah. No, my, my, my sales team will be the ones that will keep me honest on this. Um, so uh, we, we can certainly follow up on that. Um, but I, I believe- uh, I did find my question. You did find the one that I don't, because, because Amazon's launching these too quickly, Jerome. That's the problem. I can't even keep up with what's, what's live and what's not. Um, anything that's in the API um, is live on PackView. So I know there's a couple of new ones in here that Amazon just launched um, that I think we're still in the process of it. Yeah, so the bottleneck is actually Amazon enabling API for that right. Um, country, right? Um, okay. Because the heavy lifting is on their side more than right. on yours, right? Because it's automated. Yeah. Um, one question about keywords and and um, uh, foreign countries like J Japanese. That's you know that's not an easy language to, or even the Arabic. Like, do, is is Pagview working with all all of those different uh, languages and hydrograms and stuff like that? Is that is that is that the thing? Is that working? Yeah, so, so what my, my product team will tell you is that uh, we, we can support any language um, in PackView. Um, obviously, PackView itself um, is only kind of built in a few different languages. Um, so we, we can't necessarily do all of the keyword analytics or some of the more advanced features that we have across those marketplaces, but we, we can actually operate keywords across um, any of those different languages um, at this point. Now it's it's still relatively um, niche at this point, right? I think we're seeing um, most most of the Amazon growth happening in um, the U.S., in Canada, in um, a few of the key European marketplaces. But certainly, we're going to see this growing pretty quickly over time. Okay, amazing. So, if you have other questions, we'll, we'll have another few minutes. I've got a few uh, questions still for, for you, Adam. Don't worry. Um, one could be. Um, like, do you have uh, an example of a success story, but also because we, we, we know that life is not always uh, pink and you get troubles, uh, stories of when it, when it fails, you know, when, when something oh. goes wrong and maybe learnings from that. So maybe a success story and, and a less successful story. Sure, sure, sure. So my, my favorite uh, success story is a, is a table tennis brand. Um, and they were, they're actually a European-based brand. Uh, they're headquartered in Germany. And they were, they were doing omni-channel campaigns. They were selling a little bit on Amazon, um, but their, their head of e-commerce really looked one day and said, why is the category growing faster than our own brand sales? Something's not right here. 
And so they they turned, um, they worked with us, but really what they were looking at is there was so much, they were only really bidding on these top keywords, right? They were only bidding on keywords like table tennis, right? And so they, but there was so much other uh, path to purchase in, the, in this opportunity, like at-home games or tabletop games or those types of things. And so they realized they needed a, a more long tail strategy. So they started doing automated keyword research. So anyone who was a, a lookalike customer, what were they searching for on Amazon? They started building bidding on those keywords and they just automated, automatically created those campaigns. So let's do a new um, ad group with all of these new keywords. And then they basically just automated bids up and down based on performance. So they were they took a really broad approach to keywords and said, if we're seeing some impressions and some conversions, increase the bid. And if it blows through, you know, our ACOS, then start decreasing the bid. And they just did this for about 30 days. And what they actually were able to, to do is they, they grew their sales 3x year over year um, in their category on Amazon. And they actually were able to improve their conversion rate by 30%. Um, and it was all just because there were all of these keywords that were highly efficient that their customers were, were bidding on uh, that they just weren't targeting previously. So something as simple as that has really great effects. Um, now, to, to your point about like things not working well, um, you know, it, it goes back to a lot of times there are brands, I won't, I won't call anyone out specifically, but who um, try to lean into automation before they have a lot of uh, experience on those products. And so what I mean by that is like launching a brand new product on Amazon and just trying to incrementally increase bids on sponsored products. Um, a lot of times what you end up happening is you have to shoot your bids so high that it's not efficient and you just blow through your budget, or you can just never reach those impressions. And so those, those new products just sort of languish over time. Um, where we see people see a lot more success with this is leaning into brand awareness tactics first and then supplement with those high conversion tactics. So what I mean by that is put those new products into your sponsored brand campaigns, make them one of those featured ASINs at the top of sponsored brands, use sponsor display to cross sell uh, within your existing customer base and use brand stores. Brand stores are probably the most underutilized um, aspect on Amazon right now. So put those new products on your brand stores, put them prominently, drive traffic there from offsite on Amazon build up that awareness. And then as people are searching, start to bid on sponsored products, you'll be increasing relevancy once those sales increase. And so you'll be able to, to bid higher at a, at a more efficient rate. And so, you know, I, I, it's not really anything complicated, but a lot of people just jump in really quickly to, oh, let me just, just run sponsored product. Let me just, you know, try to overtake my competitors in the category when really there's a much broader ecosystem of the way consumers are shopping on Amazon. Yeah, makes sense. Like you can't do magic, basically. And there's an element of patience still uh, to be applied. And that, that's talent. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a, a, a sad story which came up with a lot of learnings. Um, thank you, Adam, for that. I had um, uh, another question, which was, yeah, so, someone sent, sent it to me by mail uh, earlier on, which was, if, let's say, you have in your portfolio uh, two brands with competing products, um, is like, is there a tactic or can the tool help you to have, like, if you're bidding, like both, both brands have got similar products, how do you do to, uh, like not make sure you compete too much on the keywords is the tool able to help you on that? Like if you do different ad groups and is there a way of managing that, which is a bit tricky because 
basically both you own both brands and they have competing products. Yeah. So we, we actually did a little fireside chat on this at Packview um, a few months ago. Um, so my, my colleagues, uh, Riku and Claire, who are much smarter than me at Amazon, um, did a whole, whole talk on this. So it's on our YouTube channel at Packview if you want to dive deeper on this. But just the, the high-level bullet points um, are basically, um, yes, I mean, it's, it's about skew rationalization, right? So you want to look at um, what, where, where are each of these products going to be uh, the most successful? And so in some cases, it's bidding across completely different keywords for these ASINs, um, if they truly are um, um, competitive, because then you're going to be just bidding against yourself on the same keywords. Um, so in some cases, it's, let me split the market. In some cases, it's let me lead with one product and then use that other product on things like a detail page bidding, for example. So have that as the featured product on the detail page as an alternative. So you're capturing that follow through traffic as someone's not converting on the first products. And that's a really, really great way to kind of keep people into your brand. Um, the other kind of flip side of this though is for a lot of brands, especially if you have a bit of a brand, brand awareness, um, if you're well-known in your category, um, own the top of search, right? There's no reason why you can't own top of search. And so um, what that means is put those products, put both product lines right into your sponsored brands or use those top three search spots. You, you should own all three of those, right? And so that means picking one that you're going to bid on first place position, picking one that you're going to bid on the second place position and so on and so on down the page. Um, you know, you, there, there are tools that can help you kind of rationalize that. We have Bid Explorer and PackView where you can actually look at what is the, you know, estimated bid for each individual ad slot on a, on a given search term. And so you can actually bid down to that granular level. Um, but more importantly, it's just about, let me figure out, do are these complementary enough that I want to own the first page with these? Or am I splitting my traffic and then kind of go from there? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's that, is that answered or Jerome, do you have any other kind of tips on no, the no. topic? No, no, I think it's uh, indeed you have to look into like sit down and, and organize your strategy. You cannot run off and just uh, hope for the best. And I love the idea of like targeting different placements or maybe looking at which one is converting on which best keyword and then sort of splitting and then trying to uh, conquer all the space. I think that that's really uh, great um a great uh, a great idea um so maybe a last question and then uh, we'll, we'll uh, like if anybody's got any other questions uh please uh please let us know so the last last question would be around um we talked about the different advertising and there's one which is like a sponsored display which is display advertising which is very similar to dsp which is also display advertising like do you see any friction here? It's like, if you're doing DSP, should you stop display advertising or you think both have a purpose and then what would be your, your tips on that? Yeah, they're, they're absolutely complementary, and you should be doing both together. Um, where we typically advise people is start with sponsored display and then move into Amazon DSP. Um, they both do different things, right? Um, sponsored display gives you placements in search on detail page, very prominent placements on Amazon itself. Amazon DSP does have some placements on Amazon, but also can target all of those off-site placements as well onto the publisher network. Um, and it's different audience building too, right? Sponsored display, you can do things like, one I'm really excited about is purchases remarketing. So not just your own products, but you can also look at other products who's purchased that in a given look back window 
and then go retarget those people with sponsored display versus Amazon DSP. You can do a lot more around lifestyle targeting, um, you know, first party uh, customer segmentation that Amazon has with all of their rich data. Um, and so the, the two are absolutely complementary. I think sponsored display works really, really well within remarketing as well as within your uh, well-known products to get those, basically just to capitalize as much of those search placements. Amazon DSP, great for full funnel, really, really great when launching new products because you can reach brand new audiences, um, as well as good at remarketing if you have kind of a longer life cycle. Um, so like consumer electronics for interest, for, for example, and you want to target people off Amazon on a consistent basis. Yeah, because a lot of like, if you want to, like if a customer gives you a DSP campaign and the, the, the trick is to, if he wants a very high ROAS, is basically will you will do retargeting. But, um, and basically of people who went to your page and didn't buy, but you're not growing very much into the funnel because that's still very low in the funnel. So what you're saying is that actually the sponsored display could do that uh, uh, instead of the DSP. Would it be a cheaper way of doing it? Do you have insights on that? So, I mean, it, it, it depends. Um, I don't want to say one's, one's not necessarily cheaper or more expensive than the other, but Amazon DSP does have minimum thresholds. Um, and so it's different for each region, but there's a minimum you have to spend um, on advertising in order to use Amazon DSP. Um, so that, that's already kind of a barrier for some brands. But with, um, yeah, again, sponsored display, I mean, again, you, you can look at one, it's, it's retail contextual so it's only going to display if you have inventory on that product. You can display your star rating reviews right there on the ad itself, right? You can do custom creative, but you can also pull in just all of the retail context data into a display unit. And so that's where it's really great as kind of that bottom of funnel um, uh, placements. And it tends to be really efficient there. Amazon DSP, of course, you get to open up completely custom creative, right? You can do pretty much anything you want. And so that's super exciting for reaching net new audiences. And so you're, you might not be looking at ROAS when you're using Amazon DSP, but you could be looking at things like new to brand, right? And total sales growth. Yeah, DSP is really like using DSP only for return on ad spend is probably a, not a misuse, but a, a, sh a shame in a sense, because that tool is really the idea to go up a funnel. Um, yeah. So, and as with an agency, when you have your own DSP account, you don't have those minimums anymore, but there is, an, there is a minimum of money you need to spend to get this model uh, to have some impact because the DSP, you're, you're looking at wider audiences. So it's about making sure that you have enough money to test the right audiences and to, to take the right decisions. Anyway, thank you very much, Adam. That was, um, that was amazing. You answered all of my questions. We will uh, send in the follow-up emails all of Adam's uh, contact details. You can also uh, ping him on LinkedIn uh, and or you can go on the PagView website if you want any information. Thank you, everyone. And it was a pleasure. Adam, I hope to see you. Uh, we're talking about it in next year in Las Vegas on the Prosper show. Maybe you That's and right. the team. And uh, it's always a pleasure. So thank you very much. Very much. Sorry, everyone. And have a great evening. Yeah, thanks, Jerome. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, bye-bye.